Hi, good evening. Welcome to Barbie Army podcast. This evening I'm joined by Chloe. We were hoping to be joined by Jake, hoping he appears at some stage. A very happy new year to those people I haven't said that to just yet. Chloe, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Debs, how are you? Oh, tremendous, tremendous. I think we're all having the time of our lives right now, aren't we? Um, we're waiting to see what 2021 is going to, going to hold for us, so fingers crossed uh, something positive. And I think as you and I were just talking before we came on air, hopefully, hopefully an opportunity to get to a game live. And I know you and I were talking on Twitter today about memories of being at games and what we're looking forward to as the future happens. So fingers yeah. crossed. Good evening, Ian, John and Torren. Um, well, the plan for this evening is that we're going to have a think about the Chelsea game that's coming up because I feel like I've been saying this I said it most of December, it's the biggest game of the season. Every game now feels the biggest game. But this one rightfully feels the biggest in terms of result. Not so much performance, because I'm, I'm a believer in if you get the result, the performance isn't as important. But also just a statement. Okay, so um, good evening also to uh, John Neville as well as John Fry uh, and Karen. John, uh, I'm, I'm going to just pop this up. John uh, says, uh, shout out to Nat after her news today. Um, I'm told it's not. She hasn't broken her back. Um, there were some slightly alarming tweets. I've spoken to Nat myself today. Um, she's in a bit of pain, but she's she's got nothing that she needs to attend to uh, hospitalised. So uh, I think she's back quarantining at the moment. Um we're also going to have a think about the FA. And good evening, Mark. Last weekend, there was a raft of um, postponements. I think at one stage, Jake was carrying um, a, a, a sweepstake of would any game survive? Only one did. And the reasoning behind some of those postponements. Chloe, you were a little bit unhappy on Twitter, I think, <laughs> I'm being mild about it. Uh, the decision-making, would you say the reasons behind some of those postponements? Yeah, um, it, it was baffling. There was no consistency throughout. Um, and I think I put this on Twitter, is that, you know, the FA came out and said, if, you know, if a team has 14 players are legible the games will go ahead and everyone was fine with that you know we started the season we couldn't feel the bench teams Birmingham have struggled throughout the season so so they knew we knew what was coming up but and then we we fast forward a couple of weeks and we get to this shambolic weekend that we've just had when teams of big squads and academies could field a team, but got cancelled. And then you've got teams who couldn't field the team, i.e. Birmingham, don't have the access as much to their academy, but then have to forfeit it because they can't field a team. Now, we, we keep saying this year on, year out. The Women's League, we're going to grow it. The WSL, after the World Cup in 2015... Women's football is growing in England. How can it grow to a respectable level when we have a shambolic weekend that we just had? I don't think there is 
anybody watching this who will disagree with a single word of that. And I actually feel like we could just pack up after that and go, <laughs> that's all done. Absolutely. Uh, John Fry, scandalous, couldn't understand some of the reasons. Uh, and Mark then goes on to say, some reasoning defied logic. Um, I, I was scathing and I said that the FA aren't fit for purpose. Nothing's happened that makes me feel that, that, that I need to amend that. Um, and following on from what you've said there, Chloe, um, Mark says there, the past weekend has made the league look amateur. It was before the Christmas break when Bristol had to field a team of, it was a scratch team more or less, because they had players isolating and they played City, got absolutely walloped. And the questions were around then of why did Bristol have to play that match? So with that as a precedent, we've then come to this last weekend where players have been quarantining either after positive tests or having to isolate because they share or have been in close contact with somebody. But the one that got me was, well, there were two things. One with Arsenal, apparently their academy isn't classed as elite and therefore they're not being tested. This is Arsenal, okay? I know they can't afford to keep Gunnosaurus on, but look after your, your girls' academy. So they couldn't field 14 players. This is after one of their players has, has posted a picture on Instagram, clearly having broken the law because she travelled out to a tier four area. That's a separate matter. You've then got City, who can't field enough players, but also happen to include two players who were never, ever going to be possible as in their team. You've got Rose Lavelle, you've got Sam Mewis, neither of whom were going to be able to be picked because they're still in the States and they're staying there for an international camp. But they were accounted for. Karen, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so never seen something so crazy. Being from the US, you know what? I'm not going to say the word, but I agree. Okay? Yeah. You're right. It would never have happened. And the outward image that that gives of the women's football, professional, the, the elite, the top level of the football league in this country is appalling. We then end up with a situation where Birmingham can't, field a team they've only got 10 fit players but because there were no covid cases their only option was to correct me if i'm wrong here their only option was to forfeit the match and potentially have the points awarded to spurs is it yeah so, so it's going through investigation isn't it and you know but, why why is it going through investigation when where's the duty of care for your players first and foremost, from the FA, where is the duty of care? That it's okay for a professional, and this is the key word again, professional team in a professional league can only field 10 players, not even the full team, but you can go ahead and carry on. And had there been a COVID case, that would have changed it all completely. Or had there been a player isolating and led to believe... I'm sure Ian knows the rules inside and out. He'll tell me that I'm wrong on that. But that came up against two matches being postponed. 
and it just doesn't seem to make um Fiona absolutely agrees with you. No consideration of player safety. Um, John Fry, clubs using COVID as excuses to hide their injuries and scared to lose, which brings us on to our match. Thank you, John. You've allowed me to segue seamlessly. Friday morning, both Casey and Willie Kirk do their press conferences, or sorry, Willie Kirk does his press conference and announces that they have no positive cases. Nothing to worry about. They're good to go ahead. We, being the cynics we are, we're thinking, good evening, Namrata. We were thinking, oh, I wonder what issue with the ground Everton will come up with. No, 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 no. They found a new one because by the afternoon, they discovered that they had, oh, players who had tested positive the week before were okay now, but still weren't fit enough. So they are classed as a COVID absence rather than players just not being fit a la Birmingham. So unbeknownst to us all, that game is now qualifying as cancelled, as postponed. That's it. So Casey, here's what Willie Kirk said, goes into a press conference, knows that the game's been pulled and cannot make sense of it. Too many reasons. And Fiona says it here. The rules are open for manipulation. Okay. So um, I was angry. I'm saying it now. And I said it to people on the social on Sunday. I was angry on Sunday because I felt cheated out of our match. Because then Fiona says, very good point. Everton suddenly discovered a player had a stress fracture that morning. So they were down to 13 players. So they were under the magic number of 14. <sighs> Ian's chipped in. FA will say Birmingham squad size is their own fault when it comes to injuries. Okay. Um, hmm. John Fry, I said Wednesdays on last Wednesday the game will be cancelled. Bird droppings on the pitch. Yeah, you're not far wrong. They are full of some. They are full of bird droppings. Correct, John. Thank you. Oh, the language is choice tonight. And Mark says he heard on the grapevine that the grass was too long. Ah, uh, that's going to be the excuse for when that's rescheduled. So uh, Everton have got something. <sighs> I felt cheated out of our match, I'll be honest with you, Chloe, because I still see no reason why that game shouldn't have gone ahead other than Everton cheated their way out of it because they knew they didn't have players fit and they want to play us at a better time. Thoughts? Again, it's, it's becoming a common theme and it's becoming annoying and frustrating. And again, you come to this elite status and professionalism Everton have been going years. They're not just this club that have appeared from grassroots. That They have been one of the elite women's football teams for years. They've moved to this new ground. It's supposed to be upcoming, brilliant. And, you know, we, we go when we have a match postponed because the roof's faulty. <laughs> we then have the cup game that's rearranged that was cancelled because of the faulty roof. There's a hole in the pitch. This is a new stadium that they have moved to. And in the space of probably less than a month, they have had, against us, again, two issues. Yeah. Now, they're probably thinking, oh, we can't get away with a third one. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's not much there at that ground that they can make up an excuse for now, let's face it. So there had to be something amongst the team and, and yeah. COVID was an easy option. Because you can't, sadly, at this current climate, challenge it. 
you can't you throw the covid word around and it's like oh okay whereas you know if they have known they have had you know it's not just come from new year this they have said this has come from christmas so they've known about it so i think it's a kick in the teeth to from willie kirk from you know he's taken the mick a bit with women's football as a whole with the fa to think that he can come out and just lie up front to everyone knowing what's going on behind closed doors and getting away with it again namrata nails it small club mentality that's what we're talking about with everton i'm just going to put a comment up here that i'd like you all to um, hold on to for posterity <laughs> mark says i'm right Napy, good to see you. Not vodka, although um, I don't think I need any encouragement the way I'm feeling at the moment. Mark's all right. Here's one for you all, actually. The excuse for the next, the next excuse that Everton will use. I'd like your suggestions. Mark's going to suggest that the toilets are blocked. Okay, so if anybody wants to throw in an option. Um, Oh, you were doing so well, Mark, as well. No, it definitely isn't. Um, Ian, we'll come on to the issue about the FA Cup, but Ian suggests that that game will be rescheduled for the 31st of January now that the FA Cup is on pause. Well, he's, he's told you there. Um, no idea if Everton will get players back for that. There was a tweet that somebody, um, somebody put out that players who can't make the first fixture shouldn't be allowed to make the second fixture. Now, I know that that's a great idea, because then you can't get an advantage. But if the game was cancelled because you didn't have enough players, it won't be able to go on and say. But it would be cruel to have, I think cruel is, is the word, and I know some people say, no, we're going to beat them no matter who they've got, if they suddenly put out their strongest team. When we, at the beginning of the season, against Chelsea, we had, to, Casey says it, she put Jackie on the bench because she had no nobody else to bring off and make a difference. So um, we've played. I'm proud of our team for that. Casey didn't shirk it. Fiona's got a suggestion here. The corner flag looks funny. Okay, that's an interesting one. Um, John Fry, yeah, just proves our point. Absolutely. Um, oh, we've got company. Oh, <laughs> we've got company jake i hope you're joining us because i'm putting you straight in good evening jake how you hi. doing hi sorry about the lateness don't hi. worry don't worry i think chloe's relieved to have you because uh, <laughs> otherwise she was she was having to to put up with me the whole way through um jake we're just talking about we've had our little rant about last weekend's fixtures you were joking in a way when you put a tweet out about um the, all the games being called off. You oh, were yeah. joking when you initially put that out, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we're also asking at the moment, we're asking people to come up with their suggestions as to why the next game against Everton will be called off. So Mark's got another suggestion. Uh, the steward forgot his high-vis jacket. Could be another. Yeah, <laughs> can get that. We've had toilets blocked so far, funny corner flag. Um, John Fry asks, what if Everton signed four world-class players before they play us again? Here's another question for you. What if we sign somebody? That's for a different night. Good evening, Natasha. Um, we'll come back to you in a moment. Uh, Jake, suggestion is the injured player should not be allowed to play. Those with COVID should. I think that we would all agree with. 
Likewise, when City get to excuse me, when City get to replay their matches, Mewis and Lavelle are nowhere near those games. They were never going to be playing that game last weekend. And Namrata says Everton put their players at risk of injury. Yeah, and then cry for postponement because they've injured players. Jake, could you believe what was going on last weekend? It was um, it was bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, you know, it, it felt like Everton just sort of plucked an excuse out the air and just threw it, threw it out there. But um, it was, yeah. I said this to you um, on on Sunday in the social. You know, it, it's funny because you compare it to Birmingham, where they've been honest and they've come out and said we can't fulfil the fixture. Yeah, they're being punished. You look at Everton; they've sort of they sort of wriggled the way out of it. So it it, it was strange, and I, th- I think the frustration was clear to see th- through all of us and through all United fans. You know, it was we were, we were very annoyed. But um, look, they've done it. They've got out of it. You know, second postponement this season. Where I really think they should not have been allowed to postponement. But look, there we are. Yeah, um, Ian's suggestion. Goalpost got nicked. Okay. Um, John says that any signing could play for us. Yes, I'm just saying that there may be a signing if it happens by the 31st of January. Don't quote me on that one. However, um, Fiona then goes to say, following off on Namrata's comment, um, to be fair, any home game for Everton puts their players at risk of injury. Absolutely. It is nothing more than a park, a public park. Um, I'll come back to that. Namrata, Willie Kirk shaved off his beard, can't show his face for three weeks, three week postponement, three match postponement. Yeah, I think that's going to be the next excuse as well because get a bit cold in the winter, so Willie can't come. Yeah. Um, bring on the suggestions because I think it's fair to say after last weekend, the more ridiculous they are, the more possible they are as well. Um, Fiona's saying there that any um, any home game for Everton... We were told last year, and do you remember that time? Hmm. Just just less than a year ago, February the 23rd, I think it was, on a very cold, windy public park. <laughs> the last time we all attended a match together. And we had been told, this is Everton's new ground. This is something special. And we rocked up to what was literally, as I say, a public park. I have a, a colleague at work. She she lives around there. She talks like she's from there as well. It's not good. It's not healthy. And she, when I told her that where we were going that weekend, she went, "You go to Wally Hall Park. That's where they used to have the, the, the parade and the carnival and the fit and the stuff as a kid. It's rubbish there." And yet, this is now, and I get why in terms of locale and public transport, it is not fit for purpose. And as Fiona says, any home game for Everton puts their players at risk of injury because that pitch is appalling. I think a waterlogged pitch will be as boring as it is. That'll be the next excuse. I almost expected that to be one of the reasons that they were going to cite. Napy says it, worst ground in the league. Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> everybody, name you. I've still, and I know we, wouldn't have, we didn't play there this year. But West Ham, Rush Green. There's a name for it. There's a word to describe it. I think it's one word rather than two. And there are two syllables. The second syllable is whole. I'll let you just think of the first one. Um, 
It's a shame, actually, Jake, because if Wally Hall Park is the worst ground in the league, South uh, Southport might have been the best away ground in the league. Would you mm. agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we said before, haven't we? We need to start the position to get Everton back to Southport. <laughs> Do you know something? We'd have had that Conti Cup game played on time, had that been the case. And maybe some of their players wouldn't have been injured from playing on a public park. So, not happy. Last week was the weekend that showed how amateur the Women's League is. We've now come to a decision by the FA, the wonderful FA, who know, sweet, um, that they're going to suspend the FA Cup. Um, the more sensible option, I feel, at this point, bearing in mind that one of the suggestions was, oh, we're just going to flip a coin and come to results that way. Chloe, could you believe that that was actually said? No. Uh, no. And it just topped the weekend off of amateur hour because yeah. that's effectively what this weekend has just been. I, I, I was baffled by the whole weekend. The game postponements, the, the logic of the FA, the, the inconsistency from the FA, and then I see this, that games could be decided or draws could be decided by a flip of a coin. And I literally, I think I just stared at my phone for about five minutes and thought, I, I've just gone into a bubble because I feel like I've stepped back 15 years back into women's football. And, you know, even the players have come out and say, I saw a tweet from, from Jess Fishlock and, you know, what sign does it show to to them as players who are trying to push this game forward week in and week out, have been through the bad times of women's football, for the FA, their governing body of this league, to come out and go, well, do you know what? Actually, this is how much you mean to us because we're going to decide a prestigious cut by a, a flick of a coin. Um Spot on with everything you said. I just want to catch up on a couple of comments. Um, oh, let me. Oh, no, not that one. Let me catch them before it goes off. FA is missing a big opportunity. We've got so many US national women's team players uh, in the WSL. People want to watch makes the FA look a joke. Trust me, this isn't the only thing the FA are a joke on. Mark goes on to say if they did use the uh, flip of a coin, it would ruin the cup. He loves the FA Cup. We were talking about this earlier, actually. Giant killings are part of what makes it so special. Um, he says, but if we do go to a flip of the coin, he's calling heads. Um, John Fry hopes the idiot who suggested it got sacked and put up against the wall and played Russian roulette with a firing squad. I'd probably think, knowing the FA, they've got a pay rise, whoever that person is. John, uh, Mark's changed his mind. He's now going tails. Um, Torren, some grown-ups need to have a hard, need to have a, a long, hard talk with the FA. Um, Mark's changed his mind again. Uh, Napier's agreeing with you, and um, Chloe, absolutely right. I had a, a bit of a rant, I suppose, at times last year because of the way they played out last season's FA Cup. Because what they ultimately did was they prioritised the FA Cup and said we will get this competition completed no matter what. And what they did was they ran it into the next season. I know, Jake, we talked about this because in Belarus, they do the same thing, is it, where they play a cup competition over two years? And Jake is uh, our Belarusian football correspondent, in case anybody's interested. And that was the norm for them. It's certainly not the norm for us because you had players, and I think Chloe Kelly was a prime example of this, who 
progressed through to the quarterfinals with Everton, then joined the summer signs for City, goes on to win it with City when they've played Everton in the final. And it was that sense, which we don't have in this country, we don't have cup competitions that go over two years, go over multiple seasons. So your team tends to stay the same or players get cup tied. But what they did was they prioritised that tournament, finished it into the next season and said, look, this is so important. This is massive. Now, Shane, I know you're not on here tonight. I think you, you're busy. So you'll probably listen to this later. and You'll go, oh, I wanted to make my point. Because Shane's point is, last season was the 50th anniversary of the FA Cup. And he is adamant, and I won't disagree with him, he is adamant that the only reason it was completed last year was because it was the 50th. Otherwise, they'd have just let it go. I know Ian's also said in the past that um, had it was only because they really got to the quarterfinal stage that it was easier to finish it. I buy that bit. I get that. It's still... And Napi makes the point, can someone tell me the difference between men's and women's games? It's this thing, it's called money, and it's all about testing because they cannot test the players in the lower leagues. Um, they prioritised last season. Let's get it played. Let's get it finished. This season, let's just flip a coin. Um, and Mark says, in case anybody's interested, we'll be doing the flip of the coin results live. Um, and good luck to Ian if he's going to live tweet those results. Um, so yes, that'll be interesting. Jake, is this just the FA again being ridiculous? And do they have to get to a point where they say the FA Cup is finished? Do you think they even will? Or will they insist on it being played out? Um, it's the FA, Deborah. <laughs> you never know what's coming next with them. Um, you know what, I can see, even though it's not the anniversary, obviously that, that was last year, I can see them doing it again, dragging it into next season, because you've got you've got a lot of rounds still to play, you know, you, at the end of the month you're meant to have uh, all of us, you know, WSL and Championship sides coming into it. It, it. It's a lot of games to fit into such a tight space, because obviously at the end of the season, then you have the Olympics to look forward to, it's, you've not got... And, and, an infinite amount of time come at the end of May. So I think they're going to move the latter stages, maybe quarterfinals onwards into next season. I can see them doing that. Not happy with that, Jake. Um, Ian's happy to take that on board, though. He says he can he can live tweet a penalty shootout, the coin toss. I assume he's saying it will be a piece of cake rather than he's going to tweet about a piece of cake. But I feel like I want to set Ian that challenge. Um, Vincent's doing my job for me. Come on, guys and girls, like and subscribe. Absolutely. Mark says here they'll want it played in the hope they can get fans into Wembley. Now, this is an interesting point, actually, because the Carabao Cup, the men have put the Carabao Cup final back to April in the hope that fans can attend. I wonder whether that will be in the minds of the FA because this is their showpiece. This is their thing. The FA Cup, I remember when I was younger, um, it was always, for me, the one match, the one women's football match I would see because it was always on the BBC. You couldn't it, you, you couldn't really avoid it. It was, oh, I think it was well, Bank Holiday, somebody will correct me. Um, and it was easy to see. It is their big match. Um Namrata says they also completed the 2020 FA Cup because the big clubs were still in it. No way is United City getting... 
can you imagine if that happened? Because obviously we haven't drawn City. Oh yeah, we did. That's right in the Conte. Um, can you imagine if we get when? Sorry, not if when we get City again in the FA Cup. Sorry, we're going to a coin toss for that one. Can you imagine that? Because I don't think I can. Chloe, do you imagine? You reckon the FA would do it? The FA would do anything at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think realistically, no, but. Oh, they they just keep throwing whatever they want. It's like a circus at the minute with the FA. They, it, you think you're going to get one thing, and they throw in something else more ludicrous, and that wouldn't put it past them to to coin toss the the result of a Manchester derby. Why not? Why not? I, I can imagine though that um, if they do have a coin toss for it, because they'd have to have some level of pomp and circumstance for it. The captains or the managers, and probably the captains, would have to turn up a la John Terry in full kit. Yeah. As as the, the, the coin was, was yeah. I... Jake, have we seen the worst of the of the FA yet? Or is there is there more to come? Um I, I like to I like to think so, but also <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think I think there's yeah. there's another twist um in, in the uh, tale, so to speak. Um, Look, I, I don't know. It, it depends when they're actually going to wake up and actually take things seriously because I, I think they've, they've said this whole coin toss thing, knowing that the, the teams that they're saying this about are lower down the pyramid. So they think they can get away with it. They can't. And, you know, even though the, the teams lower down the pyramid aren't professional, they aren't of our standard, there's still girls playing football to the best of their ability. You know, they should still be appreciated and accepted for the job they do. This is people's dreams, ultimately. And I, I, as I say, I was talking to Mark about this before, and I was thinking about the the Ipswich uh, team. I think Ipswich, you drew, they ended up playing against City last year, and yes, they were they were they, they were hammered. But what a dream for those players! What an absolute aspiration that that's what you can achieve, and that's what the cup does. So to take that away from players at any level, you're right, Jake. Absolute joke. So John Fry asks the question that I asked before. What does the FA stand for? Uh, the FA, bit like Man City, you buy one, get one free. Hopefully, hopefully we've had, uh, that's it. We've had one ridiculous weekend. We've had coin toss. That's it now. Namrata makes a point here. The FA have also suspended the FA Youth Cup for um, for in men's football no talk of coins to coin tosses there that's a really really good point um in terms of professionalism of the game we are on the verge and i think it's been said multiple times there is a new tv deal it's been reported in some of the papers it's not been confirmed yet the hope is always that this will make a difference this will bring the game Kicking and screaming, but I still feel, and I, you know what, I'll say this, as long as the FA are involved in, the, in women's football, it won't grow to the potential it can. So, let's put last weekend to bed. And let's get ourselves settled for this weekend. I know I've said it countless times, Jake, I was saying before, I felt like in December, I kept saying, the biggest game of the season, the biggest game of the season. Is Sunday the biggest game of the season, no matter what comes after it? 
Yes. 100% yes. It's not just the biggest, biggest game of our season. It's the biggest game of Chelsea's season. It's the biggest game of the league full stop for this season, if you ask me. This is massive, isn't it? It's the champions, massive Chelsea against what were formerly Little Man United in fourth place who've come out of nowhere, sitting top of the league and are a real threat to to um, to those hoping to get to the title this season. Chelsea know they need to take it seriously. You know, and you look at the squads, that they have a much better squad than us, but we're so high on confidence. You know, this this is the challenges, the challenge, uh, champions against the challenges. It, it's it's massive. Um, John agrees with you. He says yes. Vincent makes the point that it's also biggest game of the season for the men on Sunday. Um, by half six, some of us could be a little bit worse for wear. Karen makes the point going back to the FA. With the FA being such a joke, you're going to keep losing big names. Do you know what? That's a really good point. You can't sell the product half as well if you've lost some of your big names. Um, Ian says he's nervous for the weekend, never felt like this before for a women's game, only for a men's game. That's how big this game is. You know what? I completely understand that. Chloe, who's who's under more pressure? I think Chelsea, just. I think... <laughs> If um, we'd asked that question at the start of the season, yeah. um, it would be Chelsea way ahead. But I think how the season's gone and the position we are in, we are edging that bit closer. I think still for them, um, you know, like you say, they've they've won it before. They're they're, they're the big team in the WSL, and we're we're still we're still forming, we're still growing. But I think we've hit the ground running faster than any of us could have could have pictured. I mean, we we go on a, with this this five year plan that we we and the journey that we set back at, and I think I think we've blown that out of the water. I think we've gone uh, gone full steam ahead, and I think we've just got to go for it on on Sunday. There's you know, we showed that the first game of the, of the season. None of us, I don't think any of us thought we'd come away with a point, let alone score. I think, you know, I, the reaction on the watch-alongs proved that it was like a weight lifted off our shoulders. We, you know, we went 1-0 down against a top Chelsea team. For us, who couldn't even field a, a full bench, we, yeah. we hadn't got, you know, our American superstars at the time. To come out with a point then and we've just grown ever since so i think i think the pressure's on chelsea that, that you know united are coming and we're coming quick so that you know they've got to up the game and i i was thinking about this over the weekend and i think people were you know people were worried because chelsea had battered reading and and whatnot uh, these games don't you know doesn't matter what you've done beforehand it's on the day I think for me, the defence is going to be where it's won and lost. We know our front three, four, the strength, and we know the talent that Chelsea have in their attacking line. I think the weak points can be from both defences, and I think that's where the game is going to be won or lost either way. I can't disagree with any point you've made there. 
you mentioned about the watch along for the City game, and I think I've said it on a previous podcast. That is the most I have celebrated a goal this season. More than Tobin's goal against City, more than Kirsty Hansen's equaliser. That, even more than two knees against Arsenal, mm. that goal I've celebrated more. Partly because of who it was. It was a goal against one of the top three. It was a point as well against one of the top three. We had nobody, it felt like. We were waiting for these Americans. They hadn't even been announced yet. I think Casey did her, did her after-match um, press conference and was just, we'll wait and see, we'll wait and see. And there were still a few days of the window. We knew it was happening, of course, but... That game for me, and I've, I've asked the question, where would our season have gone had Sam Kerr put all those chances away in the first half? I know it didn't happen, and football is often, sport is always about ifs, if, ands, and buts. Um, you know, we can talk about last night with the men's game as, as what if this, what if that. End of, end, of the, end of the day, we got a draw against Chelsea, and look at what that's done for us confidence-wise. Um, Nat says, we're cool. Never be worried. Goodbye. Absolutely fine. Um, in in um, respect of your the five year plan that Casey's always quoted as crawl, walk, run, uh, it's now crawl, walk, run, sprint, marathon, um, ultra marathon. I think we've said countless times the signing of the Americans blew that out of the water. And I asked in previous pods whether that was a sign that Casey had thrown this five year plan out of the window. Um, Mark says, in terms of gameplay, uh, soak up some of the pressure and hit them on the counter. John Fry says we need to play our game, not worry about Chelsea. Uh, Vincent, you, I've lost your message, but you said something about we'd love to have the 21 shirt there. Of course we would. Of course we'd love to. Do you know what? For anybody who knows me well enough knows that I'm not as big a fan of, of, of sports memorabilia as Mark is, but there are some things I really wouldn't mind. A 21 there. In fact, I think I could find space for two 21s. Saying. Um, Mark says that that was his favourite watch long moment. One of his favourite watch long moments, Jake, that goal celebration <laughs> against Chelsea. Um, Jake, do we take a point quite happily now if it's offered to us? Ooh. Yes. But, okay. I, look, I, Deborah, I, I'm dreaming. You know, th this season has got me dreaming to the point that anything is possible. I, th this sounds weird. Like, if, you, if you'd if sort of given me a view into the future and saw me tonight saying that I, I think we can win against Chelsea and I, I would not only take a win, but would prefer a win, if you know what I'm saying, believe that it, it's doable, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'd say, you know, I'm crazy. But look, these, these last five five months or so have been... Incredible, you know they've been a real step up, and I think that the draw back in the, back on the opening day against Chelsea really set the tone for the whole season. You know this was going to be a season that we were going to achieve more. We were going to get the results. We were going to grind out the you know the, the games against Tottenham, West Ham, Reading. You know spring to mind. Those weren't easy. They were pe pegged back in, and we came out. You know we've won all three of those games, which were tough, and now here we are, Chelsea. The only thing I can think of is, yeah, they have a bit of an advantage having played last week. We didn't, but anything can happen on the day. 
<laughs> and I'm starting to believe, I'm starting to dream, and the results of this game is massive. Okay. Um, as an aside, Karen says, extend the Americans' contracts. We would if we could. I don't think anybody <laughs> here right now would say, oh, no, I'd rather play next year without, certainly Tobin. And I know I think we're still waiting for Kristen to hit the heights. Hopefully, hopefully she starts on, um, she starts hitting those heights on Sunday. I think we'd all keep them. In answer to the question that I asked you, Jake, would we take a point? No, 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 no. Yeah. But then, yes, an away point at Chelsea is as good as a win. Hmm. Okay. Um, Mark says he agrees with you, Jake. If we didn't get anything from the Chelsea game this season, could be very yeah. How big an issue as well? Because you touched on it there, Jake. How big an issue do you think it is that traditionally we've been really poor coming off breaks, whether that's from an international break, whether that's from a Christmas break? Um, that's never we've we've been slow to get going again. Chelsea played last week. We didn't. How big an issue, Jake? Fairly, fairly. I mean, you look back to you look back to the opening game of the season. Chelsea played then as well, hadn't they? Community yeah, Shields. Um, the only good thing about that was they looked really slow in that game. They looked really slow, and the, the Community Shield this was not not ours. Um, but this one, it's a competitive game that they played against Reading. They they swept them aside with with, with ease. I'll, I'll say. Um, so they're very much in the zone, whereas we might might be a bit slow off, you know, for the first early on. We might be a bit slow. It might take us a while to get back into it, you know, having the, the extended break. But um, yeah, it, we, look, we've been second half FC all season. Why is that going to change now? I feel like it, it, it could be a second half performance that does it for us on Sunday. Don't go saying it. <laughs> Whatever you do, Jake. Chloe's been in a few watch-alongs and she knows that there's going to be a point maybe where you say, what time? Oh, uh, what time this week? Should we go for 95th minute? Genuinely. 95th minute winner. We'll take the, 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 the winner bit, we'll take. If it's us. Yeah. <laughs> either game, actually. Either of the United games on Sunday. Having to hold out to the 95th minute, I don't think that ticker could take it. Um, Fiona says, I think a, a bigger game is the first game. Yeah, absolutely. We need that kind of performance. And uh, we're not just going to be second half FC, we're going to be second half of the season FC as well. Chloe, how much of an advantage then was it as well for Chelsea to have their midweek game postponed? Um, well, I mean, it gives them a little bit longer to to rest but you I always feel with with these and with how the women's league is and how stop start it is if they'd had had that cup game it might have been more of an advantage because the momentum from the Reading game would keep going yeah. that's that's kind of stopped and they you know they they you saw you know you saw some of the tweets they weren't happy that game had been that been postponed they were they were prepped and ready for their midweek game so you know their their mindset was focused on the city midweek game so they've had to change that you know pretty pretty sharpish so 
I'm hoping it's had had more of an effect that they haven't had that momentum of going into two games before ours, and they've just had the one. Um, but time will tell. But I think I don't think second half FC will cut it against Chelsea if we leave it that late. I think if we hold out in the first ten minutes, because we we know we're slow starters. We are slow starters. But I don't think, compared to the first game of the season, and Jake touched on it before when City played in the Community Shield, they were slow. They were slow, and they've that Chelsea team now is not what they were in the Community Shield. If we give them 10, 15 minutes head start, they're gone. Yes. It's simple. We, we've got to be switched on from the start and and play our game because we've got to go for it. This is, like you say, this is a big game. And we can't, if we want to reach the levels we want to get to and we want to be them that title winner, we can't keep playing games of 45 minutes. Games aren't won on 45 minutes. They're won yeah. on 90 minutes. We've got to go from the off. And like I say, the, the strength that Chelsea have and the depth and the speed they play, we can't give them the five, 10 minutes head start. We did at the first game of the season because they'll punish us. They can easily be 3-4-0 up within 10 minutes if we give them that space and we we can't come back. But we, I, I think we can get, we're capable. If we play our game and we play with the intensity we know we can and have shown for the second halves of the, of the games, there's no reason we can't get these three points at the weekend without a doubt. We've just got to be switched on from the start. Absolutely. John Fry agrees with you. He says 120% mindset from the first minute. I think I said about the Everton game when we were uh, last week, I put a message on when Mark was hosting saying we need to be on it from the first minute and control that game. That was obviously last week. Nothing's changed for this week. We've got to be on it. Um, Jake, you've managed to make Mark change his mind. He thinks a draw could be a good result, but for the love of all things, nothing in injury time. He doesn't think Shane could handle it. I agree with him. Namrata has shown that I'm, she's proven me wrong. Apparently, we won against Arsenal after a break. Okay, didn't think about. It. I forgot that one. Um, so there's an interesting one actually. That that I think Arsenal were poor that day. I think they were ripe for the taking, and actually. Yeah, I don't disagree. Obviously, we did beat them after a break. I think had that been in the middle of a run of fixtures, I think maybe we'd have just been on it that little bit more and that game wouldn't have got to. Is the 83rd minute there, Jake, when Tooney scored? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Chelsea were complaining about that game being postponed in midweek because they didn't know when they were going to be able to fit their fixtures in. With the FA Cup now being suspended, and with at one point our best, or at least, sorry, I've just watched Raheem Sterling blaze over a penalty that was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> um, if anybody's watching that, get on it, because, but, wow, I think it's still climbing. Um, <laughs> frightening. Uh, and I've completely lost track of where I was going. Yeah, fixtures. We talked in the socials, I think, Jake, and we talked in, in maybe some of the watch-alongs, Chloe, bear me out on this one, maybe, about fixture congestion in the second half of the season how and how actually that might really help us because we've got teams in Europe, teams that we might be competing with 
for a place, certainly in the top three, certainly for one of the European spots at this stage. Let's let's keep it at that. Taking the FA Cup out of things, does that help them and therefore hinder us? Jake? Possibly. Possibly. Um, look, I, I think maybe, you know, that they, they, they weren't, obviously, as I say, they weren't happy that they had to have a pitch postponed, but I think that's a blessing in disguise for them, definitely. Because they played at the weekend, playing midweek, you know, three games in the space of, what, seven, eight days? It would be a, a strain on the side, definitely. But I think having that just that one game and a good rest for a week before it is the right sort of preparation. And I hate to say, and I hate to sort of big them up, but Chelsea do thrive when you put a run of a good run of form together, like us. You know, we can we can go on about how good we've been and how how amazing we've been all season, how we've just we've not lost, but Chelsea are in the exact same boat. And I think them having a full week rest will do them wonders. So helps them, Chloe. Does it hinder us then? The FA Cup being suspended in terms of fixture congestion for the team. Not just obviously this weekend, but going forwards. I think yes and no. I think it's hard to get consistency of games in this league, no matter what cup we're in, whether it's a cup or league. Just with the breaks that come in, I don't think we've ever ever had a run of consistency where we think, oh, it might hinder us, it might not, just because it's so stop-start. So the postponement of the FA Cup, I don't think it would have that much effect on, on any of us, to be honest, because I think games this league is used to postponements here, there, especially us with Everton. But, um, you know, so I think, I always think if you have a run of games, it helps. But I don't think, compared if you look at it to the men's, I think that's more men's side than the women's. I don't think the women's has ever had that consistency of that you could fit in a run of games to get going. It's just, it's just a league that stop start no matter no matter what what cups you throw in the way. That's always been one of my issues as well. That whole stop start nature. I think if you're trying to get new people into watching the league into watching women's football, the constant breaks. You seem to get three or four matches and then a break for a couple of weeks. It's hard to keep momentum going with fans. It's hard to keep interest going. Um, so, okay. There'll be a lot to chew over next Wednesday, I have to say. Whoever's on the pod next Wednesday will have a lot to chew over. And the the, the watch-alongs could, could be interesting as well. So, let's look towards that game, okay? Jake? Imagine your Casey. Just imagine for a moment. <laughs> Obviously, you're making Jane Ross captain and having it around. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your team for that? Oh, well, I'll tell you one thing about what Casey's going to do. I think she's going to have a trick up her sleeve. I, I can see another another situation like, like the last game against Chelsea, where you, know, you, you leave a big name on the bench. And you bring them up and they have an impact. I can see I can see that happening again. But that was done because we were down to bare bones. She had no option. Now she's got more players to, to, to play with, effectively. She's got she can go with a full strength eleven and she can still have, as she likes to call them, game changers on the bench. So who's she going with, Jake? Come on, put your 
Put your money where your mouth is. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry, Jake, um, just one question. If you are Casey, Mark says, can he have a match for one, please? <laughs> I'll go on then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Because um, also, this, this, this feeds into tactics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, drop, drop the phone like in. Or... Go on, go on, Chloe. I'll, I'll ask you. Okay. I'll ask you to have a bit of thinking time on this one. Go right, on, Jay. Uh, obviously, Mary in goal. Yep. Uh, back four, Honor, Turner and Turner, Kirsty Smith. Midfield. This comes down to what formation I want to play, you see. Um, do you know what? I've got to have Leah. Got to have Leah on the left. Stick okay. Tobin on the right. Hmm. Ooh. Jake's <laughs> trying to work Stop out how he can Lucy Thomas at it. Okay. <laughs> Start Jackie. Haley as well. Start with midfield four. Play two up top. I'm going to throw a curveball in. A real curveball. Oh, you're changing Casey's formation. Yes. Go so not only is it a 4-4-2, not only is it a 4-4-2, I'm going to start Ivana. Now, you might think, that's mad, that's crazy. I, th I, I think it's the curveball that we need. I, I think it is something crazy, something that will throw Chelsea off, having not seen her before. Give her the first 45 minutes and just see what she can do alongside, I don't know, Kristen Press, if, if she's back and fit, or maybe Jess, or I don't know, another striker alongside Ivana as a front two. See what she can do. Chloe? Yeah, I mean, sorry, before you start, Chloe. Wow. What's <laughs> the idea? It's a Mark, it's nice with you. Jake, Jake, you put your money where your mouth is. Mark's saying he's not going to share his team due to the league lineup. Poor excuse. <laughs> Poor excuse. And uh, Namarasa doesn't recognise. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to say, Jake, you've gone for it. And I give you credit for that. You've gone for it. Um, Chloe, we started with Mary in, in goal? Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Jake, you threw me with Ivana. That's, that's, do you know what, though? It would be something Casey would do. Yeah, it is a risk. She likes to throw a curveball risk in there. So, you know, we could laugh at this, but actually, it, it, I wouldn't put it past her. Um, I'd like to go attacking and I'd like to keep Leah at left wing, but I don't think she's going to. I think she'll drop her back and I think she will go. Yeah, I think she might. I think she might go with honour, the Turners. And Leah as your back four again. And she'll start Gronin and Haley and Tooney in the pocket. And I think she'll go with Hansen and Tobin on the wings. And possibly, because we don't know how, how fit Press is yet, it's going to be a toss-up between Press and Jess, who play down that middle. Um, but, yeah, I think just... <laughs> Just with the physicality of Hansen on the wing, I think to play them all together, your most attacking players, Lee is going to have to drop back to bring in Tobin and Kirsty. 
you know what's really interesting? Normally when I say, so everybody, give me your 11, they all start scrolling up the side of the screen. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Now, partly that will be because we don't know who's yet fit, because we didn't play last week. But I think it's also the fact that we just cannot read this game. No. Because now, Mark's made a point. Oh, you've stolen my thunder, Mark. Because I was going <laughs> to say, I know who's going to be the game changer. I know who's going to come on and make the difference for you. You said physically, Chloe, and that's made me think, LJ, coming off the bench. I don't know. I don't know if she's fit. Nobody knows who's fit. This is the great thing. We're all choosing 11s and we're guessing on who's fit. In terms of, we know what they've got coming forward. We know who they've got. Defensively, can we get at them, Chloe? Yeah, I think we can, but we need to be clever. I think there was too many times in the in the first games we were going route one high balls, and there's you you can't do that against Ingle and and Bright. They're defensively in the air, they're good, and we mm. haven't got the height. We need to use our pace and our quick passing football because they've shown it in many games. You know, as good as defender Bright is she's quite slow and flat-footed with defenders at her. If we get pace at her, that's where we can get them. If we, we go our high, the, we're wasting it. We're wasting the talent. And thinking about going with pace, that's where Ivana could actually be. The curveball, as we've said. I don't want to focus on Chelsea. I'm not going to ask you who's who their threat is. We know they've got threats throughout the pitch. I'm, I'm not, you know, I've always been a believer in we're a Man United podcast. We're going to talk about Man United, even though I did rant about Everton for seemingly half of the first half of the show. I, I, my concern with this game is if we don't get a positive result from it, that we bounce back straight away. I think that is going to be massive for us that this doesn't bring things to a halt and we just carry on going. And that's about Casey at that point as well. And it's about the players and it's about the mentality. Um, really quick question. I want one name from you. Jake, if anybody came in over the January transfer window, who would you want it to be? And please don't mention Anna Philby. Go. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry, but my whole world doesn't revolve around Anna Philby and certain other people. Um, I, I, said it before. I said it before. Um, I, I think she's moved to something recently, so we won't. But in an ideal world, Becky Sauerbrunn, she'd really shore up our defence. You know, a, a fellow American would fit in well with Tobin and Chris. Rob, <laughs> 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 Rob. Wrong area of the pitch there for Hawk. I think, I think we need to focus on defence more than attack, but um, yeah. You want a defender? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't mean to put that one up. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Chloe? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Jake. I think our defensive line is where we need to improve. Um. I think we, we see that Lotta, you know, maybe on a way we need cover there. Um, but I also think we we do have the Turner and Turner partnership, and I mean we've not mentioned her recently. We we got Abby Mack in the summer. 
has she hit the ground running that we thought she might? No. So I do think we need we need someone at the back to to shore up our defence because at times we can be a bit naive. And uh, so yeah, that's where I would go. Someone someone at the back. Okay. Fiona agrees with you. We need more depth defensively. Not suggesting. I mean, just imagine. Imagine if we got somebody who had pace, who didn't have pace but was strong and experienced. Imagine. That would be strange, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, Karen says that the mentality of priest, a priest, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Of Preston Heath will help us uh, to get ready beyond uh, the Chelsea game. Um, you see, I, if I'm saying this as an English person, it's, um, yeah, I have to say offense wins game, defense rather than offense. Um, so that's something else. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, we're over an hour. Well, um, Jake, thank you very much for joining us, slightly belatedly. Chloe, thank you for holding this with me at the beginning. Um, there's going to be a load to talk about next week. Um, I think Mark's going to be back next week. It will start at seven. I know the men play, but they start at quarter past eight. So we will we will be hitting the ground running at seven o'clock. Whoever's joining him, whoever's joining him, I don't know who it is. Maybe he'll just have people pop on late again. Um, Thank you very much to everybody who's been watching and has commented. Really, really appreciate that. Jake, Chloe, thank you both very much. Everybody, take care. Look after yourselves. And um, someone will see you next week. Cheers, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. See you later.